0: Hello, beautiful people. My name is Althea Walters. Thank you so much for coming back to my podcast. Today, my guest is Suzanne Huber, and She is a NOPE coach, N-O-P-E coach, right? So that sounds that sounds good already and today we're going to be talking about how to release 171 pounds and suzanne is going to talk us through that you know we're looking at we're looking at goals we're looking at how to take small steps to get to our big goals and so i'm so grateful that suzanne has joined us today and of course i'm going to be talking about the no part somehow suzanne we have to talk about it so again so thank you so much for being on the podcast Suzanne, just, you just go in, just tell us a little bit about your backstory. What, what about the, this health journey, you know, this part of the poems that you had and then moving to releasing them? Just introduce yourself and then go into the story.
1: I will do, Althea. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honoured to be here. As you said, my name's Suzanne Kohlberg, the NOPE coach from Sydney, Australia. So probably joining many of you from the future. <laughs> and I have had a until the last five years or so, a lifelong struggle with my weight. My parents put me on my first diet at age four to fit the, um, the flower girl dress to my sister's wedding. That's a whole story Ooh. in and of itself. And so I yo-yo dieted from four through to 30 years old, so decades of losing and gaining and losing and gaining weight. Big numbers, like 43 kilos in 2006. That's just under 100 pounds and then 60 kilos in 2011-12. So that's, I don't know, 120. we measure measuring kilos here in Australia. <laughs> and I got to a point where I was like, not tooting my own horn, but I'm otherwise a rather smart person. How come I can't nut this weight thing out?
0: <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it, Susan.
1: And it was kind of like my Achilles heel. So it was, you know, most other areas of my life were going particularly smoothly. Like I have challenges as we all do, but weight was like the last frontier that I could never quite grasp. And I couldn't diet again. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sure many listeners can relate. You know, you start on Monday, you've cleaned out the cupboard, you've got the fridge full of veggies. You're like, this is going to be my week. And then by Thursday or Friday, the veggies are wilting and you're grabbing cheap and cheerful because it's just so much easier. And it's like, why can't I get my stuff together? So I was like, I'm done. I, I'm, I'd rather be fat forever than force myself to do this again. It's, it's mentally draining. It's physically exhausting. And it, I didn't want to paint that picture for my children because in 2013, I had my first child and I'd known from my own journey that we learn as children by modeling, not what our parents tell us to do because our parents say eat this don't eat that go exercise play outside and so on and so forth so yeah I ditched diets and for the first year or so it was a struggle because I was finally free like really free not free as in I'm going to start again on Monday or the 1st of January or whatever but like truly free and from that point of freedom eventually the things lost their excitement the chocolate, mm. the McDonald's, the ice cream, because mm. when you're allowed to have it and there's not a guilty pleasure or something you have to hide or sneak, it's kind of like, actually, I feel kind of lousy. My gut hurts. I'm tired. I have no energy. And so it's a gradual step by step process, which is why I was attracted to your podcast. You oh, know no, what lovely,
0: I mean? lovely.
1: And um, yeah, from there, over the ensuing three years, I released 171 pounds, which is 78 kilos, but it wasn't fast and it wasn't quick. And it was yeah, a journey into what am I really hungry for? Because mm. if you're not hungry for food, actual mm-hmm. physically hungry, then food's never gonna solve it.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so so three over three years you lost 171 pounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that is a big deal, right? Yeah, it's a whole
1: person. <laughs> it's, a,
0: it's a whole person, right? And you were able to do that. That is not easy, right? Because I'm trying to right now lose 10, right? So we're going to have to talk about this. And you spoke about mental freedom. Because you probably didn't say it that way, but I coined it that way. You know, having the freedom to, you know, just be. And um, that mental capacity that you freed up by going through your process would have made a big impact on your life. I love that. But doing 171 pounds is a big deal. And it would have taken small steps as we're talking about goals, you know, to get to that part in your life where you're achieving this. So Suzanne, we have so many things to dive into. And then you said, What are you hungry for? No, that got me like, but we soon come back to this one. What are you hungry for? But I want to backtrack. Did you have a target for your goal that you wanted to to reduce?
1: I did, and I actually didn't reach it, Althea. I had an extra five kilos, which is probably around 12 pounds. But I got to a point where I was like, this weight is sustainable without me having to push or Mm -hmm. force or Mm -hmm. deprive or go hard like I I believe so many of us we we have this idealized version in our mind once this then that Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it was funny because one of my friends at the time her partner is a bodybuilder and they had a segment for people who had dropped a lot of weight. So because of the excess skin and stuff, and they were like, you know, you could compete. You're so close to your goal. I was um, very, very fit at the moment. I'm not so fit, but um, you know, would you, would you like to do this? And I was like, no. And they were <laughs> hence nope coach, but they were like really surprised. I was like, but you could. And I was like, but why force myself to do something that I know I'm not going to maintain to look back on the photos, you know how you look back at photos yeah. and go, "Man, if only I was skinnier when I thought I was fat." Yes, <laughs> and it was like I can I can maintain this now. I'm happy. I'm technically not in my healthy BMI, but that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. You mm-hmm. But you know, if I can maintain this, you know, easily and effortlessly, effortless, not effort none, people.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> then- I understand
1: then why why force this and it was a real you know reclamation for me that you not reaching your goal can be a good thing like you can redefine your goal posts in the other direction because so many of us if even if we do hit a goal a weight goal an income goal some sort of goal and we're like oh I'm not magically happy or more confident or whatever I must have to and we push the goal post back another 5 kilos or more toned or whatever and it was like actually no I don't want that and that was really refreshing for me
0: so, I totally appreciate you sharing this because even when you said redefine the goalpost, a lot of us struggle because we keep it like this we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this, or we don't feel successful, we don't feel like we have achieved anything, and we don't feel fulfilled. But you made a conscious, a conscious decision. Right, To mm-hmm. not stretch yourself to go beyond where you are, where you're comfortable, where you can, you feel happy within yourself. you you can maintain this because probably if you had stretched to go to that goal number, then it would may not have been the same level of achievement or fulfillment that you had. You probably would have sacrificed some more things, you know so something may that may have been thrown out of proportion.
1: But redefining
0: yes. the goalposts is such an important part of the process when we are moving towards our goals, because energies may change, focus may change, you know, or conditions, or environment, all of these these things may change. So it's it's also important that even when you are striving and going towards your goals, you are able to take a step back, to reassess, and then redefine the plan. And that's exactly what you did.
1: I love that Althea and I love even in your podcast here before we hit
0: record
1: you were saying (laughs) like my audio is not the best but like I'm going to go with it and I think that in itself is a lesson for all of us so often we don't do the thing or take the next step because it's not perfect like I can't do this because I don't have the right visuals I don't have the right audio I don't have the right shoes I don't have the right you know I don't own an air fryer like I recently got one of those (laughs) I finally (laughs) finally caved but it's like we can make do with what we have and it will be enough and our best gets to get better so it's like instead of going I can't until And, like, Mm -hmm. even with weight as a goal, there there are some things that you physically can't do at a bigger weight, and I will own that, and I have experienced that firsthand. I totally get it. But when Mm -hmm. I was in what I would label as a victim mindset, like I wasn't a victim, but I had a victim mindset, like, oh, I can't Mm -hmm. do this because I'm really big. Yes, but there Mm -hmm. are things that I can do. You could have gone. And I do those things until I can do the next thing.
0: Yeah. that brings us to the point that you know when persons are working on their personal goals etc it's do good with what you have now yes you know do good with what you have now sometimes we have some resources in front of us we have We have people who could help us. We have something in our toolkit, either online or within our own environment. But we overlook it because we're looking for something huge, something bigger than what is in front of us. And that hampers us from moving forward. Right. So we have to remember to do good with what we have, the resources we have, you know, work from there and then work your way way to the next level or the next goal. So I appreciate you sharing that with me, Suzanne. Um, That helps. So I also wanted to take a step back. Right. What are two or, or three things that you struggled with while you actually was going through your process? Yes. So I struggled a lot with
1: other people's input. Like I acknowledged that they had the best of intentions and they were trying to help, but often people wouldn't really listen. And they would be like, "Oh, you could, you know, you should try this, or you should do that, or my friends had success with this." And it was Mm -hmm. kind of like I was building a long-term goal. I wasn't doing a "let's lose ten kilos by Christmas" or wedding or something because I, for every time I'd done that quick fix kind of thing, I'd had an equal and opposite binge and regain. So, I for people with their input, as I said, even if it was of the best of intentions, Mm -hmm. actually staying saying no. This is what I'm doing and not um, not wavering when the things weren't happening fast enough.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to come in here because you're saying you're struggling with other people's input. And let me tell you, a lot of people struggle with that. And one of the reasons that I know we struggle is that when we go into our own goals, when we go into our own process, we don't have a plan we don't know what we went in to get. We don't know what we're going in for or principles or or values. We're not redefined. Like we're not really clear on what we're standing for. Or yes, I'm going to go with this. If something comes in the way, that is fine. But I'm going to switch to that. But at the end of the day, I know what I'm bringing to the table and I know what I'm working at. But sometimes Mm. we don't know. And so when you go in and you don't don't really have a, a plan, Anything can sway you. So somebody yes. comes with a suggestion, I take that. Somebody comes with something else, I take that. And everything that glitters, we jump on it, right? Yes. Not saying that some person's inputs are not valuable, but we should know what we're taking from different people at different times. Yeah, so,
1: discernment, Althea, the discernment yes. to run that through. And I think for me, because I did struggle a lot with boundaries, to mm-hmm. say to people like love and appreciate you thank you so much yeah and i'm doing this like
0: <laughs> great, <laughs> sometimes we don't want them to feel bad so that is why we just say i try it or or what but you should you should stand in your own power of your choices and your decisions because that's what's important
1: Yes. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. You know what I want to touch on now? The same no part that brought you to the whole no coach, because I could hear you saying, no, you know, thank you very much. I love you, but I'm going to do what I'm doing. So tell me a little bit more about that no coach.
1: So that's, yeah, I've just recently rebranded to my website, everything. I'm super excited about it. I'm loving it. And I think for many of us who are over givers, like we give so much to others, mm-hmm we so backtracking a bit giving and receiving are paired states and what I mean by that is you can't have one without the other like inhaling and exhaling if you exhale enough eventually you have to inhale (laughs) or you pass out and then inhale so they you can't have one without the other and so many of us we do give to others we are the yes person we are considerate we are caring we're like sure I'll do that but we cannot give Without receiving, and our victim mindset, or part of us, can be like, "I do so much for others, and nobody ever does anything for me." Like I am speaking from experience here, but the way we receive is via over-consuming, whether that be overeating, over-scrolling, over-staying mm-hmm. up late and watching Netflix, even overworking. Some some forms of over-consuming are more socially acceptable, overworking, even over-exercising. But I had an injury, and anyway, so. Mm-hmm. Overgiving is matched with overconsuming. And the reason that we overgive, from my point of view, is that we struggle to say no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yes, we don't want yes. to be rude. We don't want to be uncaring or inconsiderate or, or whatever. But when we say no to others, it gives us space to say yes to ourselves. So that the things that we have planned, the the veggies in the fridge aren't wilting because we're running around after somebody else. We actually have time to do the meal prep or the bulk cooking or whatever it is, or the gym membership. Instead of skipping out on the exercise class or the pool or whatever, we're actually saying no and meaning it so that we can look after ourselves. And that's a big part of my work now, helping people to set boundaries, because it sounds really easy. But I understand it's totally not because especially those who are the closest to you, your family, your partner, your children, they are used to a version of you. And often what we do inadvertently, we get to a point where we're exasperated. So then we just blow our top, lose our <laughs> lose business yes. or whatever, and then blow up and then feel guilty and then overconsume some more. So it's mm-hmm. about, you know, once again, baby steps going from having no boundaries, being a people pleaser doormat to setting boundaries is also a journey. It's not a quick thing. Yeah. I
0: love that. So the no coach... So. Over, I like the concept that you shared around overconsuming. and, you know, we over-consume food sometimes, we over-consume social things, we over-consume the internet, we over-consume conversation, you know, all of these things that we can over-consume, but I like the fact that you are now focusing on, how do I say yes to myself? so that I can free up time for myself to do more of the things that I want to
1: do. Yes. Once again, the discernment we were talking about before and consciously, because we can even overconsume personal growth, personal development, podcasts and stuff. Because we're like too much of something. And that can get frustrating because you're like, I know all this stuff. Why is my life not changing? I know all this. Like it's almost the petulant teenager energy crosses. I was like, oh, yeah, I know that. But, you know, to know and not to do is not to know. So my invitation for anybody listening with any podcast, book, whatever you, can, you consume, like I recently just watched Ted Lasso, that mm-hmm. show. Oh my goodness. I have notes <laughs> from the TV show because what are you going to take from that and change or alter or put into practice in your own life rather than oh that was nice and next
0: next yes, next yes <laughs> yes almost the same for me because you know I love reading you know books different concepts etc and I bought a couple of books that I had to read literally in August right um, but I made a decision that no more We're going to part these books because I have work to do. You know, there are things, even from the previous things that I learned, I have not yet implemented. I've not yet tried to do anything. So that could have been over-consuming for me, but I was able to make a decision to pause. So we have to be so conscious of the things that we invite into our space, you know, that cause us to feel overwhelmed, cause us to feel flustered. Um, like we can't move or we feel stuck, but sometimes we are doing it to ourselves. So I like the work that you're doing. I like Thank the work you. that you're doing, Suzanne. <laughs> uh, Suzanne, I just want to backtrack a little bit. So when you were going through your 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 um, health journey and also improving to lose th- that weight, what are what if, if you had to think back, you know, what are three or two, two tips, any any amounts what you're comfortable sharing that you could share with our audience to say. These are the things that you can help to keep you focused throughout this time. You know, what did yes. you do? Mm-hmm.
1: So a big one, and it's kind of like, you can't hate yourself healthy. So I know for me personally, I'd heard the message before, like, you know, you've got to self-love and love yourself. And to me, it, it never landed because I was like, mm-hmm. if I loved myself, then I would lose all my drive to change. Like if mm-hmm. I accepted this, then I would never make any changes. And I believe that that's some conditioning that I don't know where we picked up okay. <laughs> societally or whatever, that is totally not true. Because yeah. if you think of something, you know, a person that you hate is a strong word, but a person that you dislike, you're not particularly one going to be loving and caring towards them because you yeah. don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay not to like people. There's all people around the world that, you know, we like and dislike. But when we treat ourselves that way, like you don't deserve this, you need to work harder, you should, like, and, and guilt and shame. But instead it's like loving yourself healthy as in like, I, you know, I had a challenging day and I ate McDonald's, mm-hmm. not I'm a bad person because I ate McDonald's. There's a difference. Like when we dissociate the behaviour from ourselves as a person, And when we do it consciously, like it was so funny just before we got on this recording today, I've been having a a challenging issue with my children and I was like, man, I really just want ice cream and we didn't have any. So that was disappointing, but I actually live really close to the shops and I had time. I was like, I can get the ice cream, I can eat it, I can come back. and if I'd done that, no shame or shade, it happens. But I was like, actually, then I'll be on a sugar high. And, you know, so it's just that it's that pause and slowing down and going like, what am I hungry for? And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm hungry for space. What do I have? Mm -hmm. I've got like 15 minutes. So I went and sat outside in the sun. It's actually a glorious day here. We've had a lot of rain, but the sun's out and just breathed and looked at the things that I appreciated because I struggle with the term gratitude. Like another thing people have often told me is a gratitude practice. Mm-hmm. And for me, as soon as I hear the word gratitude, I can flash back to being a small child. You should be grateful. There's starving children overseas. Mm. And there's a lot of shame associated with that. But another thing that I have, so the second tip is an appreciation practice. So basically <laughs> it's the same thing. Just change yeah. the word. If a word is triggering, if a word has charge for you, how can you massage it? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and get the lesson so like i appreciate i appreciate the space to have to you know record podcasts i appreciate yes the nice weather. I appreciate clean drinking water because some people don't have that. Um, Appreciation is because you kind of get, I believe on a trajectory, like, you know how something happens, you stub your toe and then you get a note and your bill's late and then your neighbor's yelling and (laughs) you're on this like downward spiral. When you appreciate, oh, I have clean drinking water. Oh, it's a nice Mm -hmm. day. Oh, I have this time without my kids. It makes me sound like I don't love my kids, but (laughs) I'm a hardcore introvert. I also love being alone. You, you you go on the opposite. It's like the upward spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, So because like once we start on that downward spiral, oh you've had one, we've blown it now. Might as well eat a whole packet. Oh I'm going to add ice cream. Oh you know we end up on this you know trajectory of of binge. Whereas pausing that and going, okay, I had a really bad day. I ate that thing. It wasn't great. But what can I do now in this moment? Not Mm -hmm. uh, because the thing is, once you stop dieting, once you stop telling yourself, I'll start again tomorrow, you only ever have now. And that's enough to pause you in that moment. And it doesn't happen every time, but it gets easier and less often, the more you actually consciously aware of the behavior you're in. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, those are some lovely points that you shared about, you know, loving yourself healthy and appreciating what you have now. And I, I like the fact that it brought us back to what are you hungry for, right? <laughs> what are you hungry for? I sure that you're hungry for many things, for space, for one of them, you know, to do the things that you want to do. And, uh, you know, when we, sta- when we came on the podcast, I told you that uh, I was rushing from a meeting coming straight here. Even before I came onto the podcast an hour before, I was saying, oh my God, do I beg Suzanne for a reschedule? I'm not too sure this meeting is going to end on time. I just gonna, I don't want to be flustered going into the podcast. But then I was hungry for the space to do this. I really wanted to do it. I really wanted to carry out or commitment of, of doing this podcast episode. So that that's what I was hungry for in the moment. So you coined it for me. I was hungry for space to really get my podcast, you know, going and getting the episodes done because we enjoy this. I enjoy the conversations. I enjoy learning from you know each other in terms of what we do. So when we have defined what we are hungry for, this is the message I'm getting from you. When we have defined what we're hungry for, it gives us the drive to go and do the things that we want to do.
1: Yes, and it's a matter of not shaming ourselves for it so for example when i was younger in my family Mm -hmm. there was a lot of shame about eating and food and um but it was also used as a reward Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: i so i live in sydney now and my family live in tasmania which is a significantly colder climate than here (laughs) and not that long ago dad asked me my father rang he's like how are you going today i'm like i'm cold like it seems like physically cold he's like what's the temperature I'm like I don't know (laughs) like because I don't he has the thing on the wall and whatever um and I'm like he goes well how can you be cold if you don't know what the temperature is I'm like well it feels cold to me and he was being really insistent and I was like well hang on I'll get the app and I'll have a look and I can't remember what it was I said to him he goes oh well you're allowed to be cold then I was like excuse me (laughs) and I think sometimes when we check in what are we hungry for like mm-hmm. today I've I've very recently had some my children be away for a bit so which I enjoyed I also enjoyed them being back but I could be guilting and shaming myself like oh you've just had a break or you're a mum you should and some people can't have kids and all this sort of stuff which mm-hmm. you know is a voice in our head or yes. you can be like actually I am in this moment hungry for a break. It doesn't mean I don't love my children. It doesn't Correct. mean I'm a bad mum. It doesn't mean anything. Like when we put the connotations on, because like sometimes for food, you know, I am physically hungry. Oh, well, you just ate an hour ago, but I'm actually hungry. Because for me, I'd be like, I'd feel guilty about being hungry and I wouldn't allow myself because it's not lunchtime yet. You can't eat lunch. Like it's back to my dad. You can't be cold. The temperature says it's this. It's like, but my body feels cold or my oh, body right. feels hunger. So what I would do is I wouldn't allow myself to eat because it's not lunchtime yet, but then I'd go and eat chocolate or, or, you know, like I'd eat some crap <laughs> because that doesn't count. It's not a meal. And then I wouldn't be hungry at the meal time because I filled up on junk. Mm-hmm. So all of this to say, when we check in with what we're hungry for, the biggest part of it. Is not to guilt and shame ourselves because, well, you shouldn't yeah. be hungry. You ate an hour ago. You shouldn't be cold. The temperature's this. You shouldn't. You, know, you, you shouldn't be. Um, you know, rushing. You, you should be more organised. Like whatever voice yeah. comes in, it's like, well, actually, thank you, <laughs> noted. <laughs> but this is how I feel.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I appreciate that. And not not guilting and shaming ourselves. We get caught up in that so much. Yeah, inner voice, the inner voice, and then that stops us from doing the things we want to do, or just living free, freely. You you spoke about the freedom that you get from you know the things that you have been doing. So that guilt, you know, robs us of the freedom, you know, just the space to be and to live in the now. You also said. We only have now. So some of the times we're not making the decisions that we're supposed to be making towards our goals. We're not moving, but we only have now. So we can't keep on putting off the things that we would plan for ourselves and we plan for our lives. So, oh, my God, I appreciated all of this conversation. Um, We spoke about so much. Um, even you know, making do with what we have, taking the small steps towards our goal, to redefining the goalposts if we are struggling too much, you know, learning to say to say no and and building our boundaries so that we can say yes to ourselves and make the decisions for ourselves to move forward, and making sure that we're loving ourselves healthily, you know, we're loving we're loving who we are, and you know, our bodies, etc. And then of course, working towards that so but my favorite that i'm after reflect on is is what are you hungry for i'll have to keep reflecting on that what are you hungry for so it, it was so great susan to have you on on this podcast so i know you know we're on the focused and fulfilled podcast i talk i talk to people who are working on their 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 goals working towards their goals staying focused Um, the remaining true to themselves and having the fulfillment that they plan for their lives Suzanne I can see that you're fulfilled you know you're happy with what you're doing you're 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 so you're 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 so focused on what you're doing that it has turned into so many different parts of your journey yeah so I'm so grateful for you um for sharing Suzanne how do we find you
1: oh thank you for asking so my website's the best place it's suzannekohlberg.com and i'm sure you'll put it in the show notes yes Kohlberg is a very interesting spelling <laughs> no <laughs> one's ever got it right the first time yes. and if you go to my website there is uh there's a few things there you can grab for free first two chapters of my book um mm-hmm. i did write a book about my weight journey and that won't sign you up for my list because I'm very thing about marketing transparency. Great. I can't stand getting tons of things. So yes. you get the first two chapters of my book. Or if you want to hear from me, I send a weekly um, newsletter that's also there. I literally just sent one this morning called uh, Life Lessons from SpongeBob SquarePants. So
0: <laughs> that, that's such an attractive way of getting people's attention. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, the, the one coming out next week is uh, Life Lessons from Harry Potter. So I do, like, I do love myself a, a good book or a good TV show. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's so many lessons in things that we, you know, we listen and we take it for entertainment, but if we actually take something from it that we change, then, yes. you know, it helps us towards our goals. Yes.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I will definitely put your information in the show notes. Yeah. So- my audience can can find you so susan again it was so awesome thank you so much for being on the focused and fulfilled podcast i know my audience benefited from your sharing and i can't wait to release this to them so that we can all you know bask back into this conversation <laughs> and thank you so much again good evening good night good morning wherever you're listening from it was great and this is Althea waters again your host for the focused and fulfilled podcast thank you very much